Um, this morning, um, I just really wanted to speak to you about something that I've really been thinking about just during this past week. Um, and last week, have we got our wee PowerPoint? Um, I'm going to put up the lyrics of a song that we actually sang last week in the worship. It's called Good, Good Father. We sing it quite a lot on a Sunday. And whenever we sang it last week, the words that came out to me were peace so unexplainable, I can hardly think. They just leapt out to me. And I just couldn't stop thinking about peace. So this week I've really been thinking about peace. So I just wanted to share some of the things that I've been thinking about and talking to God about. And for some people, maybe the definition of peace brings to mind, you know, like world peace, you know, the end to war, peace between nations, which is obviously super important. For other people, they might think of peace in relationships, like peace with your neighbors or peace in your family or whatever. But I guess the thing that I was thinking about this week and that I was drawn to was peace within ourselves, you know, so what is peace? How much do we need peace? And how do we find peace? And for some of us, I think this is extremely relevant. So I went through um, loads of Bible verses, and I just looked up peace in biblegateway.com. And there was so many verses about peace, like I filled a whole A4 sheet with loads of verses, and that wasn't all of them. But I just kept being drawn to this passage in the Bible, which I want us to look at together this morning, which is Philippians 4, 4 to 7. I love the book of Philippians. So we're going to read these verses together and unpack them a little bit and really help us to think through peace because it says in this peace which transcends all understanding. So if you want to look in your phone, if you've got your Bible on it or your real Bible, <laughs> um, it's Philippians 4, chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your, your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So peace which transcends all understanding, like what does that mean? And we find um, in the Bible, if we look at the next one, the Bible describes actually three great aspects of peace that relate to God. So first of all, there is peace from God. And Paul uses this a lot in his introduction to his letters. So if you look at this verse in Colossians 1, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. So these um, greetings from Paul in his letters remind us that peace comes to us from God as a gift. It's a gift from God. The Bible also talks about peace with God. So this describes a relationship we enter into with him through the finished work of Jesus Christ. So in Romans 5, 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then finally, we have the peace of God, which we've looked at in Philippians 4. This is beyond all mind, beyond our power of thinking. As it says here, it's beyond, surpasses all understanding. And that's not to say that it's senseless and impossible to understand, but that it's beyond our ability to understand and explain. So the thing about this piece is, it's not something to understand, it's something to be experienced. 
So it surpasses all understanding, it says in the verse. So it doesn't matter how smart you are, how long you've been a Christian, how godly you are, how learned you are. It doesn't matter. None can comprehend this peace. So rather than being understood, it must be experienced. What is God's peace? Spurgeon says it's the unruffled serenity of the infinitely happy God the eternal composure of the absolutely well-contented God. I love that sense, like God is always composed. God is content. God is not up in heaven flapping about what's happening down here, what's happening with you and me. And I don't know what you're like when something unexpected happens in your life, like something scares you or you don't know what to do. I'm a bit like, ah, help me. Right, where's Paul? Get Paul. Or... Uh, phone a friend, quick phone a friend or run through a list of people in my head who I know will definitely pray about that thing for me because I really don't know what to do about it. So I am a person who does get in a flap. I'm not sure what to do. I'm like, quick, get help. I don't know what your instinct is. Maybe your instinct is similar. Like find the solid person, like find the calm friend, the one who doesn't get in a flap. Phone your mom, phone whoever the person is who doesn't freak out. It is good to have those people in your life. It is good to do those things. But I just want to encourage you to turn to God. He doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Peace comes from him in the middle of the storm and the chaos. He wants to give us that peace that passes understanding. If we turn our eyes upon Jesus, he wants us to experience that peace of God. So I just want to go back to Philippians 4 and kind of look through those verses a wee bit because I think it gives us help to know how to experience peace because you might be thinking that's great, Chantel, but I really want to experience that peace, but how do I? So it says in Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And some of you might be sitting there going, are you kidding me? Rejoice. Do you know what's happening in my life? Do you know what things are going on? Do you know how hard it is for me right now, the pain I'm experiencing? But we rejoice and give thanks to God, not because of how we feel, not because of what's going on, but because of who he is. If we remember he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, if we start to recall his promises over our lives that we read in his word, you know, when I was writing this down, I just thought, you know, God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. God says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. He says in the Psalms, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. He says he leads us beside still waters. He says he will restore our soul. And you guys can probably think of loads more promises that are special to you. Just remember the promises of God over your life. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Paul uses an interesting Greek word here. It's, I can't pronounce it very well, epikeia. And that's translated as gentleness here. But it could also mean mildness, patience, yieldingness, gentleness, clemency, moderation, unwillingness to litigate or contend. And a really good example of this in the Bible is when Jesus showed gentleness with the woman who was taken in adultery in a setup and brought to Jesus. He knew how to be so holy with her, but yet so gentle with her. And this word describes the heart of a person who will let the Lord fight their battles. 
In Romans 12:19, it says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. This word gentleness describes a person who's really free to let go of their anxieties and the things that cause them stress because they know that God will take up their cause. And I was just thinking to myself, how much would we have peace if we all lived like this? It says, let your gentleness be evident to all, not just to the nice people, not just to your friends. What about those people that you really struggle with, that person you're in conflict with, that workmate that really gets under your skin? It says, let your gentleness be evident to all, not just to the people you get on with. And I just want to say a little aside in that. I'm not saying let people walk all over you and treat you badly, but I'm just saying think about how we react and respond to those who hurt us. Ask God to be the one to intervene. Ask him to be the one to help us in our interactions. Ask him to give us peace. And the next wee bit of that is the Lord is near. That's a promise to us. He is with us. And we know that Jesus will settle every wrong at his return. And we can trust him to make things right, even if our world seems like it's fallen apart. I want to look next at the next verse. Another way these verses show us how we can have peace is if we have a living prayer life. It says here, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. You know, be anxious for nothing. That is a command. It's not an option. And we are God's children. He is our father. And as we sing in that song, a good father cares for his children. And if you're a dad, you don't want your kids to be sitting worrying about everything. And I just got the sense, you know, if we're anxious, we're actually treading on God's toes as our, as our good, good father. You know, that's his job. He is the father. That's his arena. So are we trying to almost make ourselves the father, make ourselves God by being the one who worries? Some of us need to learn what it is to be a child again and to trust God the Father. These verses say, but in everything by prayer and petition. Paul wrote that everything is the proper subject of prayer. You know, there's not some areas of our lives that are off limits to him that he doesn't care about. He cares about you. He cares about every little detail of your life. And, you know, people come and talk to me and we're just chatting about stuff and they might be saying, like, something quite tough that's going on in their lives. But then they'll go, oh, well, but, you know, there's worse things. You know, other people are worse off than me. And, you know, that potentially could be true, but people dismiss their cares. But God cares about those things that are important to you, that are going on in your heart and mind. He loves you like a good, good father. You know, petition... Petition is directly asking God to do something. And we've said this before when we've talked about prayer and we talked about the, the book, The Circle Maker. Sometimes we don't see things happen because we're not asking God for anything. You know, God is inviting us here to let our requests be made known. He wants to know. He wants to know us. Are you talking to him about the things that are on your heart? Are you asking him for peace? You know, God does know our requests before we ask. But he wants us to ask because he loves us. He wants to have interaction with us. He wants to have relationship with us. With thanksgiving, 
That is hard sometimes when you're in the middle of something awful. It's hard to be thankful, and sometimes it is a sacrifice. But as we said before, we give thanks to God, not because of how we feel, but because of who he is. And the last verse is the promise which comes after all of this. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the word guard here is like a military action. It's something that the peace of God does for us. The peace is in a guard over our heart and mind. Imagine a strong place or a castle. It's like your heart and your mind is guarded like that. And this morning... I took a sneaky peek on Facebook, um, and there's a lady, Lisa Turkhurst, who's a, um, a Bible teacher who I follow, and she actually put this up, to, and I saw it this morning. She said, I know how tough it is to pray through a messy, hard, complicated situation and not see answers. That's why I want to encourage you to keep praying. It may take a while for God to answer your prayers, but don't miss it. In the meantime, answer you can receive right away. Philippians 4, 6-7 reminds us of the immediate answer to every prayer. Did you catch it? It's the peace of God that will guard your heart and mind in the process while you're waiting for God to reveal his answer to your request. When you pray, you can trust that you're doing your part and God will certainly do his part. He hears you, he loves you, and he is with you. Um, and I was reading this article during the week about this lady called Kia Stevens. She's helping her father, who's from Haiti, and he's very ill, but he lives in another state to America to her, and she's having to navigate the healthcare system, and it's really difficult while she's looking after her own family. And she was so honest about the struggles, and it just really resonated with me. She said, most days I feel emotional, fatigued, and inadequate. It can be hard to be diligent in the difficult, faithful, well unseen and brave in the unknown. This is especially true when you find yourself not at the starting point or finishing line of life's unexpected twists, but somewhere in the middle, marked by fatigue. This is the place you want to quit, but somehow muster the stamina to endure. And many of us could be in that place for different reasons, through illness or unemployment, financial struggles, difficulties in your family or relationship, disappointment with dreams unfulfilled grief at losing someone close. She goes on to say, hard things dawn everyone's doorstep at some point. Unannounced and abrupt, they sashay in as if uninvited, sometimes coming in our childhood when we are most vulnerable, other times making a grand entrance in adulthood, shattering every ideal we had about how life should be. Sometimes they stay indefinitely. No one is immune. Everyone at some point will encounter adversity. And that's true, isn't it? We all can testify to that, different difficulties we've had at different points in our lives, and perhaps they're still ongoing right now. We all have different reactions to those things, depending on our experience, our personality, our, our backup, our family background. Maybe at first we're shocked, we're disbelieving. Maybe we get angry, maybe we get discouraged. But if we want peace, we can't stay in that place of despair. In the emotional wreckage, we can wrestle with reality. And I really believe that our route to peace is through those things we've been talking about in Philippians, by drawing near to God. 
Peace happens once we accept God's sovereignty in the light of our inability to control the outcome. You know, sometimes we just can't control outcomes, but God's peace offers us the comfort when circumstances are not always resolved. And it's not a comfort that dismisses pain, rather it's one that says, come, rest, weep, abide. And that's one of the things I love about our church family here, that in the midst of unresolved circumstances, we sit with one another, we cry with one another, we abide with one another, we pray with one another. That's what the family of God is all about. You know, when we do these things with God and with one another, we experience what Paul says in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is our reminder here that hope originates with God. It's rooted in Christ. It's not rooted in our circumstances and our life events or the ideals we had about what could happen. You know, Christ is for us. His sacrifice was made for us and the promise of being united with him one day when all hard things cease. I love the verses in Revelation when it talks about no more tears, no more suffering. Sometimes you just want that right now, don't you? But life is not free from difficulties, but Christ himself endured difficulties as he fulfilled the assignment the Father had given him on earth. And as we trust God, as we trust in Christ, he fills us with that joy and peace as we overflow with hope. And the trusting precedes the filling. I feel as we step out, as we trust, then God fills us with that joy and peace and hope. Just when hard things strike, although our natural response is to fix it or flee from it, God gives us the choice to trust him with the outcome. In doing so, we learn how to abide and rest at the place where hard things intersect with our faith. Unexplainable peace is found here. I love that. So for you guys, where are the areas today in your life where you might need God's peace? At the moment, I have two teenage boys living in my house. One is 13, one is 14, and I do not find that peaceful. This week we've had a black eye, a fat lip, a broken phone, which was quite a new phone. Um, and that was not malicious black eyes and fat lips, by the way. That was an accident. And it wasn't us, yeah. <laughs> it was the two of them. Yes, just to clarify, it was the two teenagers. But God is interested in everything we find testing. So some of you might be going, man, you have got no idea what's coming if you've been through the teenage years and I think that's probably true but it is something that I am finding difficult it is something that I have felt this week I need to ask God's peace and you probably see me as this quite calm person gently spoken all the rest of it when the teenagers start that is not the case Paul will testify I can erupt and I've just really been thinking about that personally for me like I don't want to be that person who just erupts and goes off on one. It's only taken me nearly two years of the oldest being a teenager to realize not to correct and not to respond to everything they say and not say, but last week you said this. So I'm really learning, and it's something for me that I want to grow in as a parent and as someone to find peace in my everyday life and my situation with my teenagers. And 
you know, I really care about people as well and people, I feel so privileged because people share their amazing stuff and their great stuff that's going on in their life but also their painful difficulties and that's something else that I need to find peace in as well, you know, I need to trust God with people and their pain because I feel their pain too and trust his promises over their lives so for every single one of you there's probably something going around in your head right now that you need to find God's peace in it could be something that seems minor or something completely massive that is like a tsunami that's hit you and you really need to find God's peace and I love this quote here that I've put up from Anne Voskamp there's unwavering peace today when an uncertain tomorrow is trusted to an unchanging God Jesus himself spoke about peace in John 14 27 my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And John sixteen thirty three also, these are Jesus' final words to his disciples before his arrest. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have all overcome the world. You know, last words are always precious. And these words given by Jesus are doubly so. You know, Jesus is given comfort and reassurance here. He knows what's coming. He knows that he is going to die on the cross. And he knows that disciples are going to find it really hard. And he knows that's true for us. In this world as his followers, we will have trouble. We will face trouble. And discipleship is learning how to discover peace when surrounded by the threat how to possess tranquility, even when people around you are maybe hostile to faith. And the solution is courage. Take heart, as it says here. Despite the circumstances, the victory of Jesus outweighs the jeopardy of the present crisis because he says, I have overcome the world. Peace isn't a place to arrive at. Peace is a person to abide in. Ephesians 2.14 says, He himself is our peace. And remember back to the words of the song I said at the start, the good, good father. Peace so unexplainable I can hardly think as you call me deeper still, as you call me deeper still. The deeper we go with God, the more we're in his presence, the more we find peace. I'm sorry to tell you this morning, guys, there is no magic bullet. There's no peace pill. There's nothing we can take to make this magically appear. It's spelt T-I-M-E, time, deep relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's something that I'm trying to practice more and more in my own life and something that we're going to be looking at um, in the autumn as we teach on spiritual formation, how to spend time in his presence. And as a result of that, we will experience his peace. Um, Kay Warren is someone I really admire greatly, and this is a tweet um, that she um, put up a little while ago. She survived one of the most awful things I think that could happen to a person. Someone recently asked me how I survived my son's suicide. I told him I've sent my spiritual roots deep into the character of God for more than 50 years. Circumstances tried to brutally rip out the tree of my faith, but the roots held. She survived that because her relationship with God was so deep. And as this morning, as we look for peace, as we seek peace, God is calling us to put our spiritual roots deep into his character. And maybe for some of you here, you've never even done that before. It's just the beginning. You don't know God in that way. Or maybe you haven't felt close to him in a long time. 
And I just want to say it's not too late, like no matter what turmoil you're in, God the Father's calling you to draw near and he's going to respond and he's giving you, going to give you peace. And I just want to encourage you as well. We've got cafe back this morning as you're chatting after church, as well as catching up on your summer and your holidays and what the weather's like and all that. Why not share a time with each other when you did experience God's peace in a hard time? Or why not be honest and share with someone a place where you need God's peace at this moment in time? I just want to finish with a really recent example. Um, there's a picture here. Um, this girl, Callie, is a worship leader and a songwriter. Um, she wrote the song, Everby, that we sing a lot at church. Um, and this is something that her friend wrote about her last week um, that I just want to read out to you. I've known Callie for a while now, and her posture was literally this picture when I met her. She came into Dallas last week to help with my dive school. Word came that a car had sparked a fire near where she lives in Redding, California. The fire quickly grew out of control, and by Thursday evening it had jumped the river and swept into the city of Redding. News reported it being very close to her house. There was an uncanny peace settling even in the panic of what could happen. When evacuations began, her heart went to prayer. So she was there with her baby and her husband was in Reading with their toddler. So her husband and her toddler had to evacuate from their house. She paced, declaring boundary lines be drawn. She frantically tried to think of what to tell her husband to grab out of their newly remodeled home. A couple of hours later, I sat with her on the floor of my living room as news came that it appeared her house had been consumed in flames. What undid me was that her heart curled back into this posture. As she wept, she spoke more about the gain of God in it than the loss of things. In one moment, she wept over the loss of the piano Everby was written on, but then she spoke of being so grateful to have ever had a piano at all. The profound reality of hope, mixing with pain and what it looks like filled the room. Watching someone feel devastation and peace all in the same moment, wow. Her grief was leaning more towards the word of God over her city than just the words she felt over her house. I've never seen courage rise like that, and it was undoing. Friday morning came, and with little to no sleep, she was ready to make the journey back to the unknown. She got word that among the many destroyed homes, hers still stood with the boundary lines she had declared protected. It was stunning to then feel God rise up and lean over to show her how he hears. Have you ever met someone God trusted? I sat with one that night in awe of how swollen her heart is for the move of God over Reading and how hearts like Callie's will see that city rebuilt and alive and prevail. I just love those things. There was an uncanny peace settling even in the panic of what could happen. When evacuations began, her heart went to prayer. The profound reality of hope mixing with pain and what it looks like filled the room. Watching someone feel devastation and peace all in the same moment. You know, it's not this exclusive thing. We talk about this a lot. The blessing and the battle go hand in hand. Some of us are in the midst of devastation, but God wants to give us peace at the very same time. I just want to finish with this verse. This is my prayer for me and for us as a church at this time. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you.